Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Embrace this moment. Everything we work for is for this moment. Everything you got for the guy standing beside you. It's going to take everybody. Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar. Gets chased out to his right. Will throw on the run back. Middle. It is intercepted. Oh, baby. The Lions are going to San Francisco. The kick is no good. And Kansas City is going to the AFC Championships. It all comes down to those four teams. Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, 49ers. We're going to know after this weekend which two face off in the Super Bowl. Welcome to NFL Live. Dan Orlovsky, Andrew Hawkins are here. Marcus Spears and Adam Schefter is going to be with us in just a little bit. They're here for the hour as well. Let's roll, you guys. We've got a lot to get to. Michelle Steele is in Kansas City ahead of Sunday's game between the Chiefs and Ravens. Michelle, we start with you. Travis Kelsey coming off a two-touchdown game on Sunday against the Bills. What are Mahomes and his teammates saying about what makes that duo so special? Well, listen, Laura, let's start with three words that strike fear into the hearts of every defensive coordinator, Mahomes to Kelsey. Let's face it, the Chiefs are headed to their sixth straight AFC championship game, doing no small part to the connection, the success of that connection between Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And last week against Buffalo, we saw those two actually surpass Brady and Gronk's record for the most touchdowns in NFL history in the postseason. And remember, this is coming after an up and down season uh, for Travis Kelsey. He looks downright physically rejuvenated. I asked Mahomes what makes their connection so special, especially in the postseason. He credits Kelsey's unselfish play we don't care if we have a lot of yards a lot of touchdowns we just want to win and um, you can see that when you hear him talk um, it's it's about everyone's success not just his um, and I, I respect that and it's kind of like I said he was here before I got here so I, I can see that from day one I stepped in the building I'll tell you what it's a hell of a lot more fun to play with them than it is to play against them that's first and foremost it's just a tough matchup because those guys are both so cerebral and smart played a lot of football and they, their chemistry is at a level that they're able to create their own routes so it's almost impossible to defend. All right, as for today, the first practice of AFC Championship Week, the Chiefs are practicing indoors. There is a heavy fog that absolutely surrounded Arrowhead for many hours today, so they are practicing inside. A couple notable players not practicing today, running back Isaiah Pacheco. He's being held out for precautionary reasons uh, with a toe. He said he's absolutely going to be ready for Sunday. And left guard Joe Tooney, who has a torn peck, our own Adam Schefter reporting that it's unlikely that he's going to play against the Ravens. And as for Travis Kelsey himself, we will hear from the man, the myth, the legend on Friday. Laura, he'll talk about that amazing chemistry he has with Patrick Mahomes and them going out there and creating their own routes, as their teammate Justin Reed just said. 
Yeah, I love it, Michelle. Um, that Joe Tooney news, something to keep an eye on ahead of this game. Thanks to you. After a quiet second half of the regular season, as Michelle told you, Travis Kelsey has been much more involved in the Chiefs offense during the playoffs. Kelsey had at least 70 receiving yards in both of the Chiefs wins so far this postseason. He caught two touchdowns in Sunday's win over the Bills, his first game with multiple touchdowns this season. Dan, you just heard Andy Reid calling Travis Kelsey cerebral. What do you think? Yeah, feel is going to be the name of the game for both Kelsey Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, they're going against the Baltimore defense, plays a ton of zone, and they're the best in the NFL at it. And they got to know where they're supposed to be versus where they can actually get to, and then also when they have to be there. So it, it's going to start with a little bit of motion. You're going to get to a three-man side. You get the motion over, and we're going to start with this three-man side. Now Patrick is going to ball fake, and that three-man side is going to become really a four-man side. They're going to take that receiver and push him vertically. You're trying to lift coverage. This is Rasheed Rice here. He's got a little bit of an underneath in and out route. And then Pacheco's going this way. We're trying to just lift coverage with that deep defender and then maybe somehow get that flat defender just a little bit widened. Now, here's Travis Kelsey at the top. Kelsey, this is where you have to understand, like, where am I supposed to get on paper? How do I have to get there and when? Now, Kelsey's there, and I want everyone to pay attention to what he does at the top of his route because he's really got it like a corner route or an out route. But you have to know what's going on outside of you, right? So Kelsey does a fantastic job on a consistent basis. When he gets to the top of his route, he's actually peeking outside. Okay, where is that defender? Because I know my route says I got I to gotta run towards the sideline, but my feel tells me don't run to that bad guy. This is a zone defense like he's going to see this weekend. So instead of running there, you really want him to like hook up just a little bit. That's how Patrick sees it as well. This is fantastic. See how he, when he comes out of this break, see how he's slow coming out of the break instead of sprinting towards color? He's got great feel in that soft spot. It is going to be huge this weekend. There's not going to be a lot of open vacancies against Baltimore's defense. Now, Rasheed Rice, he's ascended. He also has to have that great feel. This is him in the slot. Now, on paper, his route is going to say, hey, you go up and you run a six to eight yard out route towards the sideline. Great. Now, as you push vertical, you better see that zone defense. Now, when you get to the top, he's doing the same thing Travis Kelsey does. He's peeking outside. He's trying to see what's happening. We call him the bad guy. What's, what's happening with that guy? Because if he's there, but he's maybe pushing that receiver out, you're going to get the ball, but you cannot run towards him. What you want to do, and instead of running out, it's very similar to Travis. We want you to like run out and be boring and almost hook up and slow your body down. Watch Rasheed Rice here. It's fantastic. He comes out of see, see how he comes out of that cut and almost turns his body, giving Patrick the chance to throw the ball in between those two driving people, hold them up with the throw, and it's fantastic. This is a big challenge for this passing game. There's no doubt about it. But if they like excel with some of that feel stuff, and that's been the issue, you know, we've talked about it. They're not seeing it the same way as Patrick. They did last week. I think both those guys just have to have that great chemistry, that great feel for where am I going to be? How do I get there? When's the ball going to go? And where's it going to be thrown? I think there's going to be some chess that happens for the Ravens mm. secondary going against the Kansas City Chiefs. For the reasons you said, they, they have established this chemistry yep. against zone coverage. And the thing about the Baltimore Ravens defense that makes them so special is they can do everything. They played cover three, yeah. cover four, cover one, yep. cover six. They played a little bit of man-to-man -man last week. But I think if they're going – against the Chiefs, in order to mitigate what they're doing, they have to take Kelsey out of the game. And they're going to use Hamilton to do that sure. because it's going to force Rasheed Rice to be a, being able to see some of the ways they mix up this coverage. Yep. 
Kyle Hamilton is an all-pro for a reason. Yeah. Even in zone coverage, his range and the ability to cover, he can cover man-to-man. He was guarding Nico Collins man-to-man. He's guarded Debo Samuel man-to-man. They're going to say, okay, Kyle, here is your assignment. Take Kelsey out of the game and force Rasheed Rice I want to, ask you to be able to beat us. Versus that defense, mm-hmm. if you were going to give Rice, Kelsey, route running, like one piece of advice that needs to happen this week, what would be it? You have to beat man-to-man. And what that means mm-hmm. is, like, you can have a pace to you when you're running your routes versus zone because you're looking for holes. And man-to-man, this is athlete on athlete. Every piece of athletic ability you have, quickness off the line, your range of catching, speed out of your breaks and continuing on the move, you have to give clear pitches to your quarterback because it's going to be tough. I love the guys y'all talking about. The Jimmys and Joes matter in the playoffs. We talked about it. I I, I talked about it a couple weeks ago, how Travis Kelsey would need to ascend. It's time now. And that that relationship between him and Patrick Mahomes obviously maturing and materializing. But when I look at some of the situations that I've seen Baltimore – have some issues with is when you can create a little bit of space and you can create voids in the defense. And this was one example because Kittle had a couple opportunities to, to get man-to-man coverage like you're talking about, Hawk, whether they travel Kyle Hamilton. You see CMC create that void before pre-snap. Kyle does a great job. You got Debo motioning in, and now Kittle is at the point. So you know it's man because Patrick Queen has voided and traveled with him, and you get Marcus Williams matched up on Kittle. Now, we talked about, you guys just talked about the connection with Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes. Kyle Hamilton is phenomenal. He's a great player. He's never played against a connection like this. So it's going to be super interesting if we see Andy Reid create these voids before the snap. Because I text you last when the game was going on against Buffalo, Dan, and I said, why is Kansas City in all of these condensed formations? You said to create those matchups that they want with Travis Kelsey pre-snap. If they do that this game, to your point, Hawk, Kyle Hamilton going to have to be special, and we all believe that's the matchup that's going to manifest either a win or a loss. Yeah, a note, too, on the Ravens' secondary. Marlon Humphrey back out at practice today. We'll have more on that a little bit later as we're just getting started on NFL Live. Dan loves the tape. tape. Nick Sirianni speaks for the first time since Philly's early playoff exit. Hear what he had to say about his future with the Eagles, plus some more developing news out of Philly that Adam Schefter will tell you. Also, Baltimore's offense has been clicking on all cylinders of late. Hear who Marcus believes is the most important Raven outside of Lamar Jackson. It's all next. NFL Live is brought to you by the new series, A Real Bug's Life, now streaming on Disney+. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. 
Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. I love five football because we always, like, beat the bullies, and it's fun. I'm nine years old and I play for Brave Performance. We play all boys. Girls play football doesn't start until U10 and our girls were six years old. I like competing and practicing and the fight checks. We get to play around and have fun and win some championships. I scored the game winning touchdown and it felt like I was a winner. Let's go girls uh, with NFL Flag. There's a position for everyone. To find a league near you, visit NFLflag.com and catch your favorite NFL stars on the flag field at the Pro Bowl games right here on ESPN on Sunday, February 4th. Let's go to Green Bay where they've made a coaching change. Defensive coordinator Joe Barry has been fired after inconsistent performances from the Packers defense for really a few years now. We spoke about it yesterday on the show. Mina noting that the defense would struggle for stretches under Barry and then magically have some good games against better opponents. Either way, it must have been time to make a change in Green Bay. More on that coming, but let's read and react to some other coaching news starting in Philly where Nick Sirianni had his end of season media availability today and reflected on all the changes to the coaching staff there. My job is to be the head coach of the team, not the head coach of the offense, not the head coach of the defense, not the head coach of the special teams, but be the, be the head coach of the football team. And so that's building the culture. That's making sure the culture's, um, you know, working, you know, with our, our five core values, having a relationship with the guys on the football team, because I know when, when I have that connection with the guys, that's when things are, you know, that when, that's when the culture is working and working at high level. And then that's where our connection with the players and then their connection with each other works well too. We have a developing story out of Philly now. Adam, what's going on? Well, the Miami Dolphins mutually parted ways this afternoon with Vic Fangio, and the idea here was to allow Vic Fangio to be closer to his family, which is in Pennsylvania, which also happens to be the home of the Philadelphia Eagles, who also happen to have an opening at the defensive coordinator position. Now, you remember last year, Laura, the Philadelphia Eagles wanted to keep Vic Fangio on their staff and make him the defensive coordinator. But Jonathan Gannon was in place. His position in Arizona as the head coach of the Cardinals came along after the Super Bowl. And by the time he accepted that job, Vic Fangio already had accepted the Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator job. Well, now that the Eagles coordinator job is open, now that his family's there, Miami and Vic mutually parted ways today, allowing Vic, freeing Vic to go back up north to be near his family, to become the Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator. And we do remember the success that the Dolphins had against the Cowboys yeah. offense this year. I'm sure that had nothing to do with the hire whatsoever. Yeah. Hmm. Noted, Adam. We're going to follow your Hansel and Gretel crumbs here and uh, assume that maybe this is going to happen. If that does happen and Fangio joins the Eagles as their defensive coordinator, Swagoo, do you think it's a good match? Yeah. I think it's a great match. It's two things that came to my mind when, when we started talking about this. One, I love Vic Fangio's experience. Nick Sirianni still is a second-year head coach who having a guy on that staff that's been around a tremendous amount of football, 
obviously understands defense at a very high level, but just somebody to be a sounding board and kind of lead. We always talk about this with young head coaches having surrounding themselves with veteran coaches that seen a lot. I like it from that standpoint. The second part is we know Vic Fangio is a guy that is going to make sure there is coverage on the top of a defense. And the worst thing that the Philadelphia Eagles did, as much as we talked about all of the issues, is they couldn't cover a soul. So that should immediately get fixed. And it brings some continuity mm. to what you know yeah. as a defensive coordinator. You went from decide to Matt Patricia last year. Now you have a constant in the building that can help Nick, Nick Sirianni tremendously. Yeah, I've gotten really good at mouth reading, so I was able to I was seeing read that too. stuff from yeah, Big Fangio. <laughs> I, I like it when it comes to their D-line. I don't really like it in when it regards to their back seven. I mean, Vic Fangio's defense is predicated on a couple things. One, elite edge rushers. He wants those guys to get one-on-ones and win. They've got Josh Sweat, really good player. Brendan Graham, I think, is coming back. Yeah. Davis and Carter obviously have to grow in their young development on the inside to become like a Christian Wilkins. And then the second thing is he loves to take every type of completion away. He wants to play match coverage, essentially man coverage by everybody, and he'll give you anything. That will be a problem, right, as presently constructed in Philadelphia. So you, you got to have really good cover linebackers. you got to have really co good cover safeties. you got to have really good cover corners. They don't have that outside of really Darius right now in Philadelphia. Now, how much of that was scheme? I don't know, you know, but, like, yeah. I, I do think that they're going to add to some of that on the back seven. I think, I think you're right. And I think the thing about Big Fangio is he's been in the game for so long. You've seen his defenses kind of take on – you know, different personalities based on his personnel. I, I, we've seen him in Denver where they did limit explosive plays, and that was his calling card to, you know, get high up top, make it seem like it's advantageous for a run scenario, but it really wasn't post-snap movement. But what this does for Philadelphia beyond the continuity that Marcus talked about is for Coach Sirianni, who's had this musical chairs at the coordinator positions as he's trying to establish himself as the head coach, Vic Fangio's not leaving to be a head coach. He's not. He's I, it, already been ahead. He's coach. been there. Yeah. He's at that point in his career. And I think you're going to start to see that trend a little bit more and more hmm. as OCs kind of come in and jump out. You're going to get a lot of older coaches who that head coaches feel like they'll have stability for their players right. and for their tenure. Adam. You know, Laura, I think at the end of the season, there were people wondering whether Nick Sirianni would be safe. And clearly the answer here is yes. And the Eagles decided to make dramatic changes on both sides of the football to their coaching staff. Both coordinators on both sides of the football are out. And so you're going to see mass changes there on the defensive side. You're going to see a lot of changes on the offensive side. And they're going to try to get back to the form that they had in the first 11-12 games of the season when they were one of the best teams in football. Yeah, the first 11-12 games this season. In the Super Bowl last season, it just wasn't that long ago. It feels like there are some changes yeah. that could happen. They're already making a lot of them to get back to that form. All right, still to come on NFL Live, it's Light Out Wednesday. Dan and Hawk. Whoa, 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 whoa. To talk about the, line, the, the liners that combined the two teams, the Lions and the Niners, what they can do better than any team in the passing game. Don't miss it. It's next on NFL Live. We'll be right back. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved it. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The 49ers with a touchdown can win the game. Throw to Ryu. He makes the catch. Steps up, throws out right, caught! Now going to look to run out to his left. Well, tuck it and go inside the 10 and dive down. Purdy takes it, hands off to McCaffrey off the left side. Breaks a tackle! Touchdown! The 49ers have advanced on to the NFC Championship game for a third straight year. Those 49ers just keep cashing in. They play the Lions in the NFC Championship. And Brock Purdy struggled for a majority of last week's game against the Packers, but he came up big when it mattered most. Purdy completing six of his seven pass attempts on the 49ers' final drive, with the lone incompletion actually being a drop by George Kittle. It was Purdy's first game-winning drive in the fourth quarter this season. Let's go to Whiteout Wednesday. A little bit more from Dan and Hawk on this NFC Championship edition. A huge route in this game is going to be the choice route. Greg Olson, good buddy of mine, is calling the game. You are going to hear Greg say choice route five, six, seven plus times for both of these teams. Now the 49ers, Major Christian McCaffrey, and the Lions have three guys. They got Jameer Gibbs, they got Laporta, and Amon Ross St. Brown as their choice route runners. Let's show everybody at home what the choice route is. Again, Oh, both of these teams are going to major in this, and you're going to hear this concept or this route talked a lot. And I think it's going to be a huge difference in the game of you who execute it, executes it the best on a consistent basis. We get the motion to go across, and it's man-to-man. Mm-hmm. -man. Defensive back trailing Amon Ross St. Brown. There's four options that you're going to have in the choice route. And the most important thing is A, pace. It's also seeing what the quarterback sees. So here you're going to see man-to-man, -man, and here's where an opportunity for a home run is. This is a cross face. So I'm going to wide release as a running back. Yep. So that timing is going to match up. Yep. I'm going to attack his outside shoulder. Once I get him flowing that way and you see the opportunity, foot in the ground, cross face like a slant, quarterback finds And it's really important for the back or the slot receiver as you widen to that outside shoulder, you still have to have vision yep. inside because if there's a bad guy linebacker in here, we don't want to run to that. We're widening for pace. We're also widening to create that window for offense. Outstanding rough by Gibbs. So take it back one more time for me, Dan, really quick because there's, there's another option here that he could have done on this play that we'll talk about next, he also could take it to the out route. If you feel like in man-to-man, -man, you have him sitting inside, yep. you could take it out. Now go to the next one. You're all running off of leverage here, right? You're trying all to leverage. get that defender to be where you don't want him to be. To make it as simple as possible, go where he ain't. Gotcha. Right? That's the man beater. Here's a zone coverage beater, and there's two options when you get zoned. Yeah. One of them is that out route you're talking about, and the reason for this is you have to be able to diagnose the defense. Here, yep. Amon Ross St. Brown, actually sits it down because he sees, okay, it's zoned. They're vacating the area, okay. but he doesn't see that flowing linebacker. Right. Had he seen that flowing linebacker, he has to know, even though it's zoned, 
I run an out route here to give an outlet to Jared Goff. So you would say go out there, even though that defender's out there, you still can chase his leverage and get out? Absolutely. Do you it's like what he does here to find green space afterwards? For sure. That's being a football player, yeah. right? They're not able to connect, but that's absolutely what Amon Ross. Right, so we saw versus man, cross face. We saw versus zone, the likely outbreaker. Now McCaffrey up at the top. So here is the only uh, option in this zone. As everyone vacates an area, there is no in cut, there is no out cut. You sit it down, the quarterback puts the ball on you immediately, you catch and get vertical. I love the fact that they line him up in the backfield. They give him the ability to get a little bit wider. He's behind the tackle, widen, and he sits first. They're, all you're doing is trying to get that completion in between those two defenders, yes. and then you tell McCaffrey, get vertical as quickly as possible. To see how he catches, yes. tries to split those two guys very smart. So the last one is the Grand Slam home run. You'll see uh, for the Lions here, they don't throw it, but the opportunity is there. It's a man-to-man. -man. As he wide releases, the linebacker guarding Gibbs gets flat-footed. You'll see what he does here. He puts a foot in the ground and takes it vertical. It essentially turns into a go ball versus man because he knows Touchdown. there is no help for him. If Jared Goff sees that, they score right there on that play. So, again, you are going to hear choice route a lot on Sunday night. And the, the, the 49ers are going to give McCaffrey a bunch of different ways to run it. The, the Lions are going to give Gibbs a bunch of different ways. And Amon Ross, St. Brown, a bunch of different ways. And Laporta, a bunch of different ways. Both those teams are so predicated on getting those completions. And then can one of those two completions become huge plays, usually versus man coverage? Absolutely. It's the hardest route to run because you have to see what the quarterback sees, but these two teams do it great. Love it. It makes me really excited for this game, you guys. I feel like it's going to be close the more I hear about it. All right, let's get to the injury report ahead of championship weekend in both the NFC and AFC. Adam Schefter is back with us. Adam, let's start with Debo Samuel for the 49ers. What do we know about his status? Well, Lord Kyle Shanahan told reporters today that he wasn't going to practice. His status for Sunday's NFC Championship game still remains uncertain, though they did say he was doing better, which is encouraging for the 49ers, and they still have hope that somehow, some way, he will be able to make it back in time. He's such an important part, part of their offense, but that shoulder injury is painful. Debo's uncomfortable right now, but they still have hopes that he will make it back for Sunday night. Meanwhile, the Chiefs Pro Bowl guard Joe Tooney is dealing with a pec injury that looks like it's going to sideline him for Sunday's AFC Championship game. Was told today he's going to fight like crazy to try to play, see if he can make it through, but I was also told it's unlikely that he will be able to make it back in time, which would be a big blow to Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the Chiefs' offensive line. It looks like the Ravens' tight end Mark Andrews is tracking to be back in that same AFC Championship game. You remember he hurt his ankle here earlier the season on a Thursday night game against the Bengals. This was when the Ravens were hoping and targeting for Andrews to come back and play this season. It looks like they could have an added weapon on the offensive side of the football. And it looks like they'll also have added help on the defensive side of the football. Marlon Humphrey back at practice today. The Ravens are optimistic that he will be able to be back out there for Sunday's AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. They'll need him against that high-powered Chiefs offense, and it looks like Humphrey could be back, Andrews could be back, and the Ravens look like they're healthy at the right time, Laura. Yeah, they already looked so dominant against the Texans last week. Uh, it just only gets better for them, potentially. Speaking of the Ravens, by the way, Lamar Jackson was asked if he liked facing Patrick Mahomes in these big spots, and his answer didn't disappoint. I don't like competing against him at all. He, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's a great quarterback. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's not even a, a no-brainer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Um, but it, it's just – I believe it's just 
two, two, two greats, um, up and coming greats, just going toe to toe. You know, like a heavyweight fight, heavyweight matchup. That's that's just what I see. He puts his pants on just like any any other quarterback. Yes, he's an elite quarterback, but at the end of the day, we're an elite defense, and that's that's our job to stop the opposing offense, and that's what we're, that's our job, play in and play out, and that's what we got to do. To be a champion, you got to go through a champion. You know, so that, that's pretty much the mindset. Not scared. <laughs> I know. Although, by the way, uh, Roquan's going to be hunting, okay? Lamar Jackson has done it all for the Ravens this season, leading them in both passing and rushing yards. Since the conference championship round was established in 1970, Lamar is the first quarterback to lead his team in rushing yards and reach the conference championship. Marcus, let's talk about that Ravens offense. Who will be the most important player on that unit not named Lamar Jackson? All right, first, I would be remiss if I don't mention how hype Roquan Smith just yeah, got man. me about <laughs> this game, dog. Like, oh, we. All right, let me get to the X factor. I, I think Isaiah Likely has turned into somebody, and we know the relationship that Lamar had with Mark Andrews, and hopefully Mark Andrews is back. But Likely has become the guy that he trusts and depends on when it's man-to-man -man coverage to win up top and in the red area and creating those explosive plays from a tight end with run after the catch. We saw I likely become the answer to pressure in the second half with the Houston te uh, Texans as well. And he made a big play downfield. I think this young man is kind of, I don't know if he's under the radar to defense coordinators, but I know he's a little under the radar to everybody that's been watching football all year long because obviously it took Mark Andrews getting injured for him to ascend in this offense. Yeah. I think he is as important to an explosive Baltimore Ravens offense than anybody else. And when you think about the matchup that's favorable in this game, you would think Isaiah likely matched up either on safeties or linebackers would be something that they want to take advantage of. It's actually kind of it's funny because uh, they have two Zays. They call both Zay Flowers and Isaiah likely Zay. So Lamar's like both of my Zays matter a lot. But the reason why I bring that up is because when you think about the evolution of this offense under Monk and Dan, what sticks out about why likely has had success? Yeah, I mean, I think it's matchup driven. You know, they're they're very game plan specific, which is a the foundation of the NFL. It's also like they adjust so well. You know, when when teams are focused on taking a Zay Flowers away or an OBJ or or, or a Bateman, you know, their their secondary or third fourth options are much more ready yep. and much yep. more um, in in the plan. I think a huge part of this game is going to be this: you're going to get pressure off the flight, Lamar, off the bus. Don't throw the ball in the middle field yeah. because they're going to drop mm. people from the line of scrimmage, work the outside. You see what Snead did against Tyreek Hill, right? So if he has any level of that success against Zay Flowers, Isaiah likely, and if Mark Andrews plays, it'll yeah. be huge for Lamar, giving him an outlet he needs. Yeah, again, you heard Adam saying it seems like Mark Andrews is trending in a good direction and Marlon Humphrey as well, getting healthy at a really good time for Baltimore. We've got a lot more coming your way. Hey, the latest surrounding Bill Belichick, is he closer to finding his new home? Well, Adam Schefter is back right after this commercial break with all the latest on the coaching hunt and specifically Bill Belichick. Don't miss it. We'll be right back on NFL Live right here on ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase.
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. How's everybody's vocal cords work? So stay with me. You ready? Raiders! Yeah, now we warmed up. See, that's what we're talking about. I'm humbled. I'm honored. I'm excited. I'm excited. There's a lot of people that we affect by wins and losses. We understand that. And we don't take it lightly. I mean, who isn't ready to run through a brick wall for Antonio Pierce? Today was his official introductory press conference as head coach of the Raiders. And as you can see, there was a whole lot of fun. Let's get into some more coaching news as Adam Schefter back with us. Adam, we start with some changes being made in Green Bay. What more can you tell us? Packers offense or defense that struggled during the course of the season decided today to make a change with Joe Barry. Now, my understanding is, is that even though he's out as the defensive coordinator, there's still the possibility he could stay on in Green Bay in another role on the staff, but it will not be as the defensive coordinator. The Packers are now in the market for a new leader of their defense after moving on from Joe Barry today, something that many people expected as the season went on. And Jim Harbaugh back in L.A. continuing conversations with the Chargers as he also is scheduled to meet with the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday. A decision is expected, I would think, by the end of the week at some point. We'll see what Jim Harbaugh decides to do. I think it's increasingly unlikely that he returns to Michigan, but Jim Harbaugh always unpredictable and tough to read when it comes to these types of decisions. And Bill Belichick interviewed for a second time with the Atlanta Falcons last Friday, Laura, about five days ago. And since then, the Falcons have brought in any number of candidates, including they've got Mike Vrabel today. They've talked to Raheem Morris, the Rams, Defensive coordinator is supposed to talk to Bobby Sloan tomorrow. They keep talking to more and more people while there's no obvious other interviews for mm. Bill Belichick. And the longer that goes on and the more that we're told that the Falcons search is quote unquote wide open, the more you wonder if Bill Belichick's going to be left out in the cold in this hiring cycle. I still think he's square in play in Atlanta, but they're looking at a lot of different candidates. We don't know what they're going to do. And if he doesn't get that job, then you wonder where Bill Belichick will spend the 2024 season. Yeah, fascinating, especially when everything happened in New England. You kind of thought he'd have his choice of a lot of potential teams, or at least it seemed that way. Thanks to Adam. And Marcus, we go to you. Are you more surprised, are you surprised, excuse me, that more teams haven't shown interest in Bill Belichick? 
Yeah, I'm a bit surprised. And, you know, remember when we were on the show, I talked about I thought Bill Belichick would be interviewing these teams as opposed to right. the other way around. And to, to me, the thing that I only only thing I can think about is 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 just the evolution of the way football is played and everybody looking at his track record uh, in New England these last few years or the organizational part of it with him being the general manager and head coach. That may be something that he doesn't want to capitulate on. But the bottom line is this, man. Bill Belichick is one of, one of, if not the greatest coach to ever coach in the NFL. Six championships, nine appearances in the Super Bowl. And you thought that that would be enough to carry the weight. Dan and Hawk can speak to this. There are teams that sign dudes that just played on Super Bowl teams mm. to get the knowledge and try to figure it out. It happened a, a, a number of times throughout my career. But it is surprising to me, but it may be that Bill Belichick – People feel like it's passed them by. You know what? I think there's a couple of factors at play. And I said this before he got let go, is that when you hire Bill Belichick, who is the greatest coach unequivocally in NFL history, in my opinion, he is the very best, Marcus, to your point. But you are relinquishing absolute power and you are relinquishing absolute credit. When he comes in and wins, it's going to go to Bill Belichick. Mm. And how Belichick runs organizations he is in charge of on-field, off-the-field, PR, when you eat, schedule, you mm. name it. And so for a lot of these teams that are looking for head coaches and the GMs and the owners, are they willing to give that up? And I think that was the tough proposition for Bill Belichick coming in, and it will continue to be an issue. That and who is his offensive coordinator? I go back to those two questions from the very jump. I'll be surprised if he doesn't get a job, no doubt. The power, who's his offensive coordinator? you you got to figure that out. We, there's no concern about the defense that he's going to run. Right. But Bill O'Brien's at Ohio State. Charlie Weiss is not, not coming back. Is it going to be Josh McDaniels? What happens mm. if the Atlanta Falcons really want Bill Belichick? Your offensive coordinator is going to be Josh McDaniels. I just watched him get fired, and I just watched the offense play better after he got fired. So, I, like, does Shefty know who he is, at least in those interviews, touting is that is going to be part of that staff? That's a huge obstacle that has to over, be overcome. Well, I think that would be one option, Josh McDaniels. Obviously, he spent a lot of time with Bill Belichick during the course of his career, but I don't think it's an automatic that Josh McDaniels goes with Bill Belichick wherever he goes. Josh McDaniels has his own life, his own situation, his own opportunities, and the Raiders owe him money, I believe, for the next two or three years. So he doesn't have to go take a job just to take a job because Bill Belichick needs an offensive coordinator. And that's even if Bill Belichick gets a job. There maybe hmm. maybe Bill doesn't get one in this cycle. Maybe Josh takes some time off. And maybe a year from now, the Belichick-McDaniels president-vice president team <laughs> is in play and a hot Ooh. ticket for another team next year if nothing works out this year. A lot to be decided still. There's a, Go ahead, there, there, there's a reality at, There's a reality at play, too, here. Like, it, you know, it, you think about the game in totality, it's synonymous with Bill Belichick. But if you look at the four guys in the playoffs, all of them are evolution as far as the offense and the way football is played <laughs> and the connection. So it could be something to that when teams and franchises start thinking about it, when you look at these four teams. And Andy Reid has evolved offensively as much as any coach that you would consider of the older generation. Yeah. yeah, the other thing, too, there's just not that many of these guys available who are just the greatest offensive coordinators. I mean, I think we talked about that the yesterday The offensive a coordinator bit. pool is small It is, it, especially for new age offenses, if you will. All right, the reimagined Pro Bowl games back in Orlando, the first six events of the skills competition Thursday, February 1st at 7 Eastern on ESPN, the final four 
events come your way Sunday, all culminating with the 7-on-7 flag football game. Peyton and Eli back coaching the AFC and NFC. Don't miss it. Still ahead, Jameer Gibbs has had a strong season for the Lions. Someone here believes this rookie can run this team all the way to the Super Bowl. You heard Dan and Hawk alluding to the run games earlier. Really important stuff and find out all about that next. NFL Live is brought to you by Freeform. Chrissy and Dave Dine Out premieres tonight and streams tomorrow on Hulu. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The postseason NFL Countdown crew will get you ready for Championship Sunday, a three-hour show starting at noon Eastern on ESPN. And following all the games, it's a special NFL primetime with Boomer and Booger at 10 Eastern. Wall-to-wall coverage of Championship Sunday, all right here on the ESPN family of networks. We're really glad you're with us here on NFL Live. And speaking of Championship Sunday, the Lions and 49ers will be front and center. Our Jeremy Fowler is in Detroit today as the Lions prepare. And Jeremy, Jared Goff has certainly played in some big games. Think about the Super Bowl and all that jazz, but hasn't really done it in Detroit. So any concern about the quarterback there? Laura, big game golf is what the Lions are expecting here. Golf has been so solid for them all year. The coaches and players are just assuming he's going to play well every week. As head coach Dan Campbell put it, I, golf is the least of my worries. And that's because of what he's tr- earned with the trust over the last three years. Attention to detail, getting tougher from inside the pocket. Just take it from the man who snaps to him, Frank Ragnow. I don't think I can put into words his value, to be honest. Um, he just captains the ship you know he's uh, he's I've said it before and I'll say it again he's as steady as it gets uh highs lows fourth quarter two minute we're three and 13 same guy just consistent unfazed and willing to go to work and the same guy every day and I just can't say enough about him Golf and the Lions could really be a long-standing marriage here. Golf has one year left on his contract, and I'm told that both sides are expected to open communication on a new deal this offseason. They talked a little bit about it before, decided, hey, let's not worry about it in season. Let's get through the year, then we'll revisit. Golf's due about $27 million this year, Laura, which is probably a bargain, which he probably knows. Yeah, big game golf. We'll see if that continues. All right, thanks to Jeremy. One area where the Lions offense could have an advantage on Sunday night is in the run game, specifically when running outside of their offensive tackles. So Jameer Gibbs has averaged the fifth most rushing yards outside the tackles this season. That could be an issue for the 49ers defense, which ranks in the oh, bottom really? five of the NFL in that category. Dan, are you claiming that graphic? What's okay. Anyway. Marcus, how can Gibbs and the Lions run game take advantage of that this weekend? 
Yeah, we saw it against Green Bay, the 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 off tackle runs, but it's all about having a running back with the speed to get to the edge and also creating those angles to get up on Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and allow discombobulation at the line of scrimmage. The zone stretch scheme is so hard to defend because it gets defensive linemen in the mindset of playing east and west as opposed to playing north and south. What you want, want to do defensively is get upfield and make that running back have to cut back into the traffic that's in pursuit. But it seems to me always when it comes to the Detroit Lions, they can always get these defensive lines to start thinking that they have to try to track the football sideline to sideline as opposed to trying to reset the line of scrimmage two yards beyond it. And then you couple that with a 4-3-40 getting to the edge with Jameer Gibbs. And that's where your problems lie. We saw Aaron Jones have some success, but this is a different animal with Jameer Gibbs because if he finds a lane, it's bump your head on the goalpost. So before in the past game, I told you Greg Olson, he's going to say the word choice route a lot. Second thing he's going to say a ton, pin pull. Mm. The, the Lions are going to run for over 100 yards on this one run, and it's because San Francisco cannot stop it. Bunch up top, condensed splits matter. Now they're going to motion out of it. Why do condensed split matter? Because then you can take a wide receiver and block a big person, like at the bottom of the screen with Watson, and then you pull big people to block little people. This is the type of run that is going to get on the perimeter on a consistent basis. There's that bunch up top again. Now, again, you're going to get that motion. I'm going to pin with the small person, the Edmund on the line of scrimmage, and we are going to pull with big people. You're basically stealing an advantage versus the defense. As long as you've got a receiver, and Detroit does, and Amon Ross, St. Browns, or Reynolds, or your tight ends, that can pin that end man on the line of scrimmage, you are going to run this play. Bunch at the bottom. Now, every single time they've gone to the motion, right? Well, Detroit, I promise you, is going to be able to go either to the motion or away from the motion. All three of these blocks are made by wide receivers. All three of these blocks have offensive linemen out on the perimeter blocking either corners or down safeties. Mm -hmm. This, you, A couple things. One, you got to play with condensed splits. Detroit does. Two, you have to have an athletic offensive lineman to get out there. Penny Sewell, guys like that, they do. I, again, I think D this is the key to the game. If you ask me, how does Detroit win this game? Detroit goes to San Francisco, runs pin pull a ton, and they go for over 100 yards in just that run. They have to run the football because that is the basis of their offense. You can tell a lot about a football team's personality by watching what the people who aren't getting the ball are doing. And the mm -hmm. receivers are blocking their tails off to Dan's point, and there's two big reasons. Because if you off. want home run runs from Jameer Gibbs, your receivers have to block downfield because you cannot hit home runs if these corners, safeties, uh, nickels aren't taken care of. The other right. thing is how it affects the pass game, to your point. Because they're using little guys to block big guys and big guys to block little guys, it forces your defensive backfield to get involved in the run game. And yep. so if you're a receiver and you're coming off the ball in every single run with intensity like they do, it forces the DBs to say, oh, well, we don't know if it's pass. Yeah. We don't know if it's run. And it creates advantages for you in the pass game. Big fella, let me ask you a question real quick. You, you, I'm, I'm talking yeah, about the yeah. pin, right, yep. from outside in. As a defensive end, Chase and Bosa, what's the, like, the most important thing for them to do? Or how do you stop it? I was just, Dio, trying to create havoc two yards beyond the line of scrimmage. What happens is you get into this inside out playing that block and you realize I'm going east and west. I'm not creating a new set of line of scrimmage. And that's what you want to do 
against a zone team. It's hard. It's difficult, especially when you show those condensed splits. But Chase Young or Bosa on the edge, they have to play that run at an angle up the field as opposed to thinking that I need to go east and west and try to play that run sideline to sideline. The other thing is, too, right, right quick, the one thing we talked about San Francisco for a long time, Dio, can you get these linebackers to slow down a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Pinpool does that. Hmm. Pinpool does that because it puts them in space whether they are playing underneath those pullers or whether Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw have to get over the top. Hey, the 49ers have allowed at least 100 rushing yards in four of their so last five games. More numbers so than prove your point. All if you say right quick, you're from the <laughs> South. All right, time for one more thing. And Jason Kelsey explained why his wife wasn't thrilled with him on Sunday in Buffalo. I don't think she was happy about it, to be honest with you. Uh, there was one picture, and it was her kind of smiling and laughing at it and kind of for it. Like, yep, there's Jason. I'm not going to lie. I gave Kylie a heads up. I, the moment we got into the suite, I said, I'm <laughs> taking my shirt off, and I'm jumping out of that suite. And she said, Jason, right. she said, Jason, don't you dare. And I like, hey. See, I'm thinking, letting you know I'm thinking it's like that. I'm not uh, asking for permission. I'm doing this. <laughs> Okay, but Donna loved it. Donna Kelsey was like, yes, son. I loved it. My wife loved it, too. She's like, did you see Kelsey? I raised that boy, man. Your That's what Miss Donna like that. was saying. I raised that boy. He's like, I'm proud of him. We'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. Thanks for being with us.